What's up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of Pillow Talk with the Casey Crew. Welcome. Sorry we haven't seen you guys in two weeks, but we've been busy. There's we've a lot going. busy. And we'll explain the next podcast, which is the Casey Crew podcast. But right now, let's get into everything that's going on. Now, Pillow Talk is, a, is, is basically everything that's going on in the world. Celebrity news, celebrity driven, or just regular news. We tell you about how we feel and we break things down. Now, let's talk about this shooting that took place last week. In right? Santa Fe. Yes, it happened in Texas. Eight students killed, two teachers killed. They said a student, he was 17 years old, came to school and busted into art class and started shooting. Mm-hmm. They said when he came into class, he said surprise, and he pretty much just started shooting no, everybody. No, I think he said surprise when... There were students that were hiding in the in the supply closet. Right, in the supply and closet. I guess, you know, he took it as they had no idea that he knew that they were hiding in there. So when he busted into the closet, he yelled surprise. Right. And they tried to hold the door closed and they used something to force the door closed. And they said that he kept shooting into the closet. Kept shooting into the closet. Um, when the police arrested him he said that um he he only shot kids he was only shooting at kids that he didn't like he only shot at people that he didn't like right because right. he wanted everybody else to tell his story right after he was either killed or arrested right so it wasn't necessarily a random shooting a lot of times you hear about these mass shootings in schools and it's like you know a kid goes in with a rifle or you know an automatic and they just let off. Right. He knew who he was shooting and who he wasn't. And anybody who was stopping him, I'm sure he was going to shoot them too. I'm sure. No, but he specifically said that he did not shoot people that he liked. Yeah. I mean, I I think he shot at a, a, at a, not a, it's not a police officer. I guess it's a truancy officer that tried to stop him. So he, he was shooting at pretty much anybody. He knew he went who he wanted to shoot, but if he got in his way, I'm sure he was going to shoot you. Quite possibly. Right. So, you know, the thing with, with, with this now is, and this is, and this is, this is difficult for me, right? And the reason I want to talk about this story is because there's a couple things I just wanted to break down. One, I think his parents should be charged. The reason I think his parents should be charged is because his parents are the owners of the guns. He got the guns from his parents. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, and I know that, you know, you can hide things and, and I'm a, I'm a gun owner. Um, but I try to put the guns, I guess I try, I put the guns where my kids can't reach and that are locked up. Like they don't have the, the, the combination to the safe to, to get to the guns. There's certain areas where we, where we hide the guns where they would never know where the gun is. But when you're reckless and your kids have the combination to know where your guns are, you never know what's going to happen. But I don't know if that's necessarily reckless on the parents' part. He's a 17-year-old kid. He'll be 18 soon. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I would be worried to have a gun in a safe where my 17-year-old son knew the combination. Um, Unless my child had some type of mental issue or a social issue or was disturbed in some way, unless I identified him or her as being depressed, Mm -hmm. if... I have a normal, I mean, you can say happy, but I guess that doesn't necessarily apply. But if I have a normal child that I can't identify any foreseeable problems with, yeah, you're close to adulthood. I'm not worried if you have the the code to the safe where guns are kept. I'm, I'm a little different. I'm going to tell you why. I remember being in high school 
I think I was 16 or 17 years old at Mm-mm. the time. You weren't 16 or 17. We were together at that age and this happened before you and I got together. I know what story you're about to tell. So maybe 15? Mm. It had to be 15. I was in high school. You probably, you got to from high school at 14. Was I 14? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I skipped a grade, and when I got to high school, I was 13 and then turned 14. My sophomore year, I was 14 and turned 15. So in New York, you were probably 14 and then turned 15 your freshman year. Okay, so maybe I was 14 or 15. Right. Um, And I remember getting into an incident with somebody playing basketball. He was in my backyard playing basketball. A kid was taller than me, and he was pushing me all around and, and talking mad shit. And at the time, he was way taller than me, and... My emotions got the best of me. And I ran upstairs in my dad's closet and I got his gun. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Because I'm not that student. I wasn't a student that, you know, was emotionally messed up and had problems. I wasn't. It was just that moment. And I ran upstairs and I got my dad's rifle. And I pointed it at him. You know? Thank God I didn't shoot him. But... (laughs) But... But... Yeah. I wasn't emotionally right to own a gun because at that time I just my feelings were going anywhere and I'm a fast forward and that was that time and I was in high school but I'm not talking about you owning a gun I'm talking about you having access I had access to your parents gun but you were 14 or 15 at the time right to me there's a big difference between a 14 year old mm-hmm. and a 17 or an 18 year old right an 18 year old you are grown right and I don't think that for most 18-year-olds to have this the combination to the safe that guns are kept in the house, I don't think in most households that would be a problem. That's like having an, another adult in your house. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have an angry child or something like that, of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean... I'm not saying that I would give my 17 or 17 or 18 year old the combination to the safe, but I wouldn't be so concerned if they had it. So getting back to what you were saying, to say that the parents or to just exclusively say that the parents should be held responsible or charged for, I don't know what you called it, probably negligence. Right. Where the child is concerned, I don't necessarily agree with you. See, I, I, I think, I think that's so. too broad of a statement. I think that we would have to know that there was a reason for them to believe that he could use those gun, guns to cause harm to others before you make a statement like that. See, I, I disagree because I think that as a gun owner, my job, part of my job to own that gun is also responsibility and to make sure that gun is not in the hands of somebody that might not responsibly use that weapon. And as a gun owner, you know, kids think a little different, you know, they might get into an altercation and get beat up and get embarrassed and say, you know what, I'm going to handle it a different way. Let me ask you a question. Personalize it. Mm -hmm. Imagine Logan, he's Mm -hmm. 14, he's going to be 15 in December. Uh So imagine him in three years, grown, you know, six feet tall, Probably a goatee and a mustache at that point. Right. Probably working two jobs and a girlfriend and, you know, relatively grown at 18. Um, If we were going out of town, for Uh instance, and, you know, you've taken him to the gun range. So let's say at 18, he got his gun license. He can't get it at 18. I get it at 21. Okay. Well, let's say he knows how to use a firearm. Correct. If we were going out of town and he's in the home by himself and I don't know what the laws are as far as 
um, you know, whether he could use a gun in the home to defend himself or whatever. Is that illegal? No, he can't. He, he cannot. But whichever way, let's say we were going out of town and you gave him the code to the safe. Correct. Would you worry about him using it irresponsibly or using it for retaliation on someone that he might have gotten into an argument with? I would have zero worry about our son using a gun. I would have no no worries either because I would remove the gun from that situation. Okay. You're, mis- you're not understanding what I'm saying. To answer your if question. You, so you would have a worry. Um, that, 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 like directly answer my question. Would you have a worry? I would not. If he had this, the code to the safe mm-hmm. and guns were in the safe. Would you worry about your 18-year-old Logan yes. having access to that? Yes. Why? Um, I just know at that age, your emotions run differently and run wild. And a lot of times you don't think straight. And I'll be honest with you. I'm my age now, and I just started thinking straight a couple of years ago. So hmm. to put that pressure on a child where... Pressure? I'm, I'm going to tell you pressure because this is the day and age where everything's on camera and and it seems like there's no more... Nobody tries to resolve anything anymore. People try to embarrass. They film things to embarrass. They film things. So the fact that I can possibly get embarrassed, somebody whooped my ass or something happened and I know I just got beat crazy and the whole class just seemed beat me crazy and I know I can come home and there's a pistol here... Dude, I think that's a you problem. It is a me like, problem. Like, I'm like, what are we talking about it is, right now? It is a me problem. Yeah, I mean. And I know because of that, I will, I would never want to put my son in, even in that category. Like, never. Because I know where I was at that time. And I know, and I know what my responsibility was and how I felt with things. And I would never want to, I mean, I could just, I could just see, I was the type of kid, I could be driving, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say a, a group of kids cut me off on and cursed me out and kick, I know who, kick my I know car. Say kick, kick my car and keep my car, whatever maybe. Right now, if somebody did all that, I'd be like, I right, no problem. I'll call the police. Keep it moving. It wouldn't affect me. Back then, it would stay on top of me. Like, I felt like they got the best of me. Right. And you had to do something. And I had to retaliate to make right. myself feel better. I understand. And mm-hmm. that might be, right, for instance. I don't if, understand using a gun to like blow someone's head off. I, I, for instance, I mean, it, it never like starts there. You sound there. very extreme. It never starts there. The gun is usually to, to scare the shit out of somebody and it can go any which way from there. So I would never give that much power to my son at this age until I know for a fact. And that, that doesn't mean because people make bad decisions and I wouldn't want his bad decision because I gave him that much power. Well, I think that your opinion is generated from how you were, and also as what I seen a youth, and also what I seen out there, and what I and when I read when I read these stories all the time. Right, but I wouldn't put Logan in the same category as how you were. I, I don't when you were younger. I don't. I'm saying all of this to say, no, I'm not saying that we should give Logan the code to the safe. Right. I'm not saying that, you know, yeah, you know, our kids are grown and they should just have access. What I'm saying is if he did have access or if he did have the code, I wouldn't be worried because he's mentally and emotionally stable. Right. And I don't share the same personality as you. I would never go to the safe to get the gun out unless I felt 
as though my life was in jeopardy. Right. Unless I felt like I had to defend myself. Nobody on the street, no road rage, no bullying in school, nobody's cussing me out could ever get me to a place where I'd be so angry that I would want to physically harm them with a gun. Okay. So my perspective is different from yours. My perspective is more so I trust our children. I mm-hmm. know that they're raised right, right and that they would make better decisions than possibly you would have right. at the same age. So I think that's why we differ in opinions. I, I mean, I, I think it's the same as I think I was raised right and I was raised even worse because my dad was a police officer and told me so much about guns. And that's why I explained guns to Logan. But as a grown ass man, I just learned the laws about owning a gun in New Jersey, in New York, in all these different states. So for him to give him that much, I wouldn't even want to give him that option option to do that. You know what I mean? I just don't want to put him in that position. Well, I think that that's reasonable too. So that's but, why I make sure it's locked But not up. because I'd be worried that he would harm somebody. No, I'm not worried. Because of a ridiculous reason. But I would never want to give him that option. And just, just like... Just but that's like better this. safe than sorry. So I think Absolutely. that that's a good way of thinking about it as well. But I'm saying is that on the other hand, I wouldn't worry if he did have the code to the safe that contained guns. Right. So to wrap it up in a sense, you're saying that the parents should be held liable. I think so. For negligence. I, I think so. If they didn't have those guns locked up and those guns were available to that young man. Absolutely. To a 17 year old. To a 17 year old. Yes, absolutely. OK, I my opinion is that that's a broad statement. No, I, I think I think for me, I different opinion because I think that we need to know if he ever showed any signs of being a danger to others. And that's where I would have enough information to decide whether I agreed with you or not. A gun is something serious, and especially with so many shootings and so many things going on in these schools with these kids and beefs and fights and, and shootings. Yes, you, you definitely have to protect. And just imagine if, if you lost, you lost your, your kid and you say, well, how, how did he get this gun? Well, his dad had the gun in his night table. What you mean? He just walked in the night team and got this gun and was able to use it? Yes, because a lot of times I don't think people at that age might not think. They might not be like, what it is? They say, oh, I know what a gun is. I'm going to go grab it. And I think people people think like that. And students what do you think mean like people that. think like that? Meaning, for myself, even for me now, having the gun in a safe is, or, or even, even better yet, when you drive with your gun in a car, they tell you to put the gun in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And, and it has to be in the lockbox. Well, not in the right? lockbox. Yes. It does. And that has to be separated from the clip. But the reason... But it they, has to be in a box, no? Yeah, no, it could just be in the trunk. It could be in a box. It could be in a bag. It can't yes. just be loose in the trunk. It can. It can. It, you don't. You can have it in a gun bag. It doesn't have to be in a lockbox, per se. Only when you travel fly, it has to be in a lockbox. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, they want you to put it in a trunk. And the reason they want you to put it in a trunk is because if anything happens, they want you to think. To have a moment to think. A moment to, put to the think. clip exactly. together. And then that shows intent if you do use exactly. it. Exactly. Right. That's mm-hmm. what they want you to think beforehand. You're not allowed to carry that weapon in, you know, unless you have a pickup because truck. Because people are too impulsive. Exactly. And that's and say. that's my whole point. Like, I don't want to give him that option. And with this situation, if I lose my child, and I understand things happen. If he broke into the safe, I'd be like, all right, I get it. But if it's just in your nightstand and you don't have it locked up, I got a problem with that. You know, you're an adult. He's a child. Even at 17, he's a kid. You know, you can't allow him to make those decisions. You have to make those decisions. Now, if he's 21 and he's able to buy his own gun, that's something different. But at that age, it has to be done. 
you know, and also, which is very difficult to me, and I didn't even tell you this, you know, I had to have a conversation with Madison the other day about what to do if she hears gunshots or if there's an active shooter in her school, Mm -hmm. which is scary to me. Like, I don't want to have a conversation about people shooting and killing her and her friends. But I had to have a, a a conversation like we had to go through a scenario like I was like, if you hear gunshots, you lock the door, close the blinds, barricade the door, which you're in and get away from the window. Close the blinds. Why? Um, So that way the shooter can't see who's in that class or not. Who's in the class? You know what I mean? Mm. If, the, if the blinds are closed, the shooter can't see if there's somebody in the but class. But you know not. what? I got to be honest with you. If I'm the shooter and I'm walking past a classroom and I see the blinds closed. You're going to assume somebody's there. That's what Madison it, said. Yeah, I'm going to assume someone's in there and be like, oh, really? You're going to close the blinds? That would more so attract me to that classroom. Yeah, Madison said that too. Do you know what I mean? But I said, you know, definitely get in the class, you know, barricade the door with desks, anything, whatever you can that's heavy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Barricade the door and lay, you know, lay anywhere you can away from windows away from the door uh and then you know i told her if you're in the hallway and a shooting happens and i said everybody if you can't get into a classroom because they're told to lock all the doors so a lot of times these kids can't get in the classroom stuck in the hallways stuck in the hallways Mm -hmm. and um she was like what about a bathroom And i said a bathroom is very dangerous because it leaves you nowhere to go anybody could walk into the bathroom and there's nowhere to barricade the bathroom door Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you can't hide in the store. Let's shoot right through the store. You could kick open the store. I said, if you're ever stuck in a hallway like that and he and somebody's shooting and you can't run or whatever, I said, fall on the floor, play dead. Um, Lay on the floor, play dead. Act like you got shot and die. Only if he had been shooting in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just don't fall on the floor. Shoot. <laughs> uh, like, um, I didn't shoot you. I didn't shoot you yet, but I'm right here. Right. I said, but if he's shooting, right. fall on the floor, play dead. I said, you be the best dead you could be. And I said, don't text. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, don't text me long shit. I said, just say, daddy. All you have to do is shoot her ASAP. That's it. Shoot ASAP. I will be at the school. Because I don't need you texting long messages. No. Mm -hmm. You just text something small that allows me to know that I know what's going on and then I'll be there. But, you know, it's scary to have these conversations with our 14-year-old and our 16-year-old. Like, that shit is scary. We were talking about it on the way to school today. And her opinion was that with all of the coverage uh-huh. media-wise that these school shootings are getting, she thinks that it's becoming popular. She thinks that the idea is viral in I a agree. sense, that it's so widespread that where kids that might be disturbed might not have considered it before, now they are. Mm-hmm. As a way out, as a way to retaliate, as right. a means of revenge. I agree. So she thinks that it shouldn't be televised. But I told her, you know, that that's not possible. It's news. Right. So it has to be covered. It has to be reported. But if there's negativity that comes along with it, then that's just something that comes with the territory. But I, I, I do think that because it's so publicized, it's easy. Like for a kid that wants to be popular. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be like, I'm going to get a gun, start shooting, but then my name will be all over the place. I think a lot of people think like a that. A lot of people do think like that. And a I, lot of people do think like that. But I don't think you can stop that. Like you said, it is news and people are going to talk about it, you know? But you know what's so horrible as a parent? Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up, you send your kids off to school, you tell them goodbye, you give them their hugs and kisses, and you expect to see them at 3.30. Mm-hmm. And then you get a phone call like this. Yeah. Or you see something on the news and your child is one of the children that's not coming home. You're right. You know, sometimes 
well, that happened. And then something happened here in New Jersey. There was a terrible, terrible, terrible bus, bus accident, accident mm-hmm. on the highway in, I think it was going through the town of Mount Olive. Um, like I said, out here in New Jersey. I think it was a Paramus, actually. No, it happened in Mount Olive. Mm. The kids on the bus were on their way to a field trip. Well, they were on a field trip on their way to um, whatever the destination was. And they were going through Mount Olive mm-hmm. when they got into a terrible bus accident. And it was... Um, it collided with a dump truck in some way, shape, or form. Right. And the bus flipped over. I believe made it a legal U-turn and a dump truck hit it. Hold on a minute. I, I didn't hear that. You said that the... I'll say allegedly. The bus made it, uh, uh, they believe, uh, a U-turn. Was it wasn't supposed to make it. Ali- but Domestic- I believe it happened on the highway. And they said Mr. Exit made an illegal U-turn. Are you in the dump serious? Truck. I'll say allegedly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even as a parent. I I couldn't even. Um, And the bus flipped over Mm -hmm. and one little girl who I believe is in the fifth grade. I think she's 10 years old. I believe so. And a chaperone. Lost her life. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a teacher. I don't think it was a, Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a chaperone. I think a teacher lost her life or his life. I I think it's a female. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And several others were injured. And the little girl was a twin, I believe. And, that story just, it sat with me for the last few days. I just find myself in quiet moments thinking about that and trying to sympathize right. with the parents, mm-hmm. with the sibling, with family members, with other people that were there to witness it. Again, you know, you sign the permission slip, you send your kids off to school, you're thinking, oh, they're going to have a great day at their field trip and I mm-hmm. pack them their bag lunch right. and you know you're expecting to pick them up from school or you know them come home on the bus and mm-hmm. you get a phone call and your child is no longer here with us anymore right and I don't that hurt my heart that hurt my heart and you know I saw a picture of the little girl on the news and I just didn't need to see that I like to to see I don't I don't know why I guess because we have little children and we are signing permission slips and you know and it's funny yeah. because I told Madison um, a few years ago she was going on a field trip and I was like you know what I think I might just take you instead of sending you on the bus and she's like why and I'm like you know I don't really trust these bus drivers Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much going on on the bus. Like, I don't mind so much to and from school. School is in our town. Right. It's a little hop, skip in the in the jump. Right, right. Take the little back streets. There's no lights. There's only stop signs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to put them on the highway, kids are running up and down the aisles. They're yelling and screaming. They're hopping over the seats. You know, the bus driver, I always imagine that they're distracted. They're turning around, they're yelling at kids, kids yeah, and, you know, things of that nature. So I I never really felt at ease when it came to these field trips, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when this happened, I'm like, ah. Oh. And you know what else I thought? Can you imagine? Because think about it. On these cheese bus rides, the kids never wear their seatbelts. No, not at when all. You were, when you were a kid and you were taking the bus, did you ever wear your seatbelt? No. I never wore my seatbelt. Never wore my seatbelt. I almost thought it wasn't a requirement because I don't remember any chaperones or anyone ever enforcing that we wear our seatbelt on the school bus. That's correct. So if a bus like that gets into an accident, 
the potential for damage because no one is protected. Mm-hmm. No one's protected. You're just in there like jelly beans in a can in a sense. Do right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I know that if I were that mother, and this is what I said to Madison when I heard the story, like if I were that mother, I'd probably feel like, wow, I probably didn't have that conversation with her to wear her seatbelt. Right. You know, maybe if I had, maybe she'd still be here because there were ejections, like there were people ejected from the bus. Right. And that would haunt me so badly. So I just want to send my condolences to everyone that went to that school, anybody that was there for the accident, any family members of anyone that's been hurt or that lost their life. Um, you were Absolutely. in my prayers for the past several days. Absolutely. But, you know, that that's... You know, I wanted to talk about that shooting because it seems like these shootings are happening more and more often. But now let's change subjects a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the royal wedding. <laughs> okay. The royal wedding. Now, Which the, we did not see. No, we didn't see, but I mean, people have been talking about it. We didn't have enough time to do last week's podcast. I definitely didn't have enough time to watch the royal wedding. Not that I wasn't interested. If I had time, I definitely would have been tuned in, but we just, we haven't had time. I mean, I wasn't necessarily interested myself. Um, and a lot of people were very tied into it. And a lot of people were, were mad at it. Um mad at it yeah but some people said you know well she's a black a black woman ma- marrying a, a white man she shouldn't be marrying a white man and some people well, that's like, just ignorant i, I can't know even it is and some people that. was like oh she's she doesn't consider herself african-american she considers <laughs> herself biracial you know uh, i heard th- i heard a lot of that actually mm-hmm. um my whole thing was i i didn't i didn't necessarily care about her nationality or if she's black or if she was white or i just love the fact that it was love Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what I love. And that's what I, I'm, you know, I was excited that was on television. They said 29, 29 million people watched it. But the fact that they went against the grain to do it their way because they were in love was everything to me. You know, the fact that he wasn't supposed to pick a bride that was divorced and she's been mm-hmm. divorced before. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that usually, you know, her father was supposed to walk her down the aisle, but her father had heart surgery and he allegedly was selling pictures to the paparazzi. So yeah. she, she walked halfway, I think, on her Heart own. attack or not? Like, you're not coming to my wedding. Well, she walked, How about that? She walked, yeah, she walked halfway down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Just to by herself to show independence, mm-hmm. and then his father walked her the rest of the way. His so her grandfather. Mm, no, 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 no. You no. said his. Oh, you mean, mean the, the the groom's father? Oh, okay. The, the prince's father. Yeah, okay. the prince's father walked walked her down. You know, her mom was there, but I didn't care about that. I just I just was so happy that love prevailed prevailed over sense, everything right? mm-hmm. and that's what i cared about you know it, it, it didn't care to me that you know oprah was there or idris elba or the beckhams were there i just cared more about the fact that love and they did it their way and i was just happy for them that they stepped outside the grain and said this is not going to be your usual thing and mm-hmm. this is not going to be and that's what i was excited about you know a lot of people were saying oh it's so it's it, this is a great story that a black woman you know she she wakes up tomorrow a a a, a princess you know uh, what um see but that makes me feel away and I am thinking how to articulate my thoughts. Well, I didn't care about the princess thing. I, I don't. I don't care about that. Like I like I said today. I said on the Breakfast Club the other day. I said my daughter's a princess every day. I call Brooklyn a princess. <laughs> I call London a princess. I call Madison a princess. They are all my princesses. And and to think that 
that is our only black princesses. And now I'm not going to sit here and try to kick knowledge to you because I don't know all the knowledge. I, I, <laughs> but we've had black princesses before and black queens before. Right. So I don't care about that. I just wanted to be like, I just love the fact that love prevailed. You know, mm-hmm. now let me ask you a question. The fact that Megan said that, you know, she's not African-American. She's what is it? I think she said she's not black. She's biracial. Biracial. Yes. What What, what do you think about that? You're I think she is biracial. Mm-hmm. I'm not biracial. I'm multiracial. Mm-hmm. I'm multiracial. Um, but you look at yourself as black. I consider myself black. But let me explain. Um, so like you asked. She is biracial. She's half black, half, half white. white. Correct. Okay. So she is being very accurate in her description mm-hmm. of her background, her heritage. Um, let me tell you why I have a problem. When it comes to self-identification, mm-hmm. when it comes to nationality, race, etc. I'm going to be honest. I actually, I agree with her. I agree with her identifying herself as biracial. And this is why. How do I put it so that everybody listening can understand? When you are any nationality or any race Uh and you are part black, it doesn't matter if you're 5%, 10%, you are considered black. I don't, I don't think that necessarily. It's true. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you one example. The rapper Logic, mm-hmm. they consider him white. Do they consider him white? Absolutely. And I think he, because and he's he, half black, half white. I think that people don't necessarily know. Logic looks Caucasian. He looks white. He doesn't look part black. So I think that that's ignorance. But if any person has a drop of black blood or African-American blood, Caribbean blood, whatever you call it, I'm just going to put a blanket statement, I'm going to call it black. If you have a drop of black blood, then you're considered black. But if a black person or a multiracial person is predominantly black and they have a drop of white blood, a drop of Indian blood, a drop of Asian blood, they're not considered any of those other things. So herein lays the problem. It makes me feel like that saying, one bad apple spoils the barrel. That's what it brings to mind. It kind of makes me feel like people are saying, if you have a drop of black blood, then you're ruined. Then you're spoiled. That's how it makes me feel. And I have a problem with that. So it's not that like my heart's beating like really fast right now. I really have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Why is it? Because to me, that makes me feel like being black or part black is looked at as a negative thing. Like, oh, you have a drop of black blood. Now you're ruined. It ruined the 90% of white blood that you have in you. Now you're ruined. You know, we might as well just Mm -hmm. throw you away. That's how it feels. But if a person's 90% black and they have a white, uh, 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 10% white blood, why aren't you considered white? Why? Because white's not bad. That's, that's how it makes me feel. So I don't, I don't, I don't like that. So for her, to say I'm biracial, I'm half black, I'm half white. That's accurate. That's what she is. Maybe she doesn't claim black per se because maybe she doesn't identify as much with black. Because with me, for those of you listening that don't know my background, most of you probably do because we've talked about it a couple of times. 
My mother's mother is half Chinese, half Jamaican. My mother's father is Caucasian. My mother's father is um, Scottish. My father is Puerto Rican. So technically, I have more Spanish blood in me or Puerto Rican blood in me than anything else. Um, I consider myself black. If I'm asked, and I just have to give a short answer without an explanation, I consider myself black. The reason is because... I didn't spend much time with my my Puerto Rican family. My father was much older than my mother when he married her. Most of his family were back in Puerto Rico. The people that were here, his people that were here, they died off as I started getting older. So I never really knew them. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother's father, who, like I said, is Scottish, he passed away when she was 16. A lot of his people were back where they came from. I barely met any of them. I've only seen pictures. The family that I grew up with were the Chinese Jamaicans. They were prevalent in my life. I grew up listening to dance hall and eating Chinese food. You know, like that Mm -hmm. is my background and that's what I identify with. I identify with that culture. I identify with everything surrounding that. So it's very easy for me to consider myself black, but it's based on identification. Right, but what about the feeling that you know, a spot of black in you is so good that everybody wants to be black. Say that again? What do you mean? You remember you said a drop of black. Well, what about this, the saying of a drop of black in your blood makes it so good that everybody wants to be black? I don't know that everybody wants to be black and that's my problem. Oh. I think that other cultures definitely borrow or are influenced by um, black culture. Hands down. Hands down. I mean, more than any other culture in the world. More than any other I believe. culture. Correct. Absolutely. Um, but if you ask the vast majority, majority, majority of those people, if they would want to switch who they are and what their race is with being a member of the black race, I don't think that they would choose that. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So it's easy to remain your same race and borrow from another race or borrow from another culture. But those people wouldn't switch shoes with that black person at the same time, nine times out of 10. So I just don't like people looking at being black as a negative. Right. And I know that a lot of black people want to claim Megan you know, mm-hmm. like, and that bothers me because it makes me feel like, oh, we've made it. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean we've made it? You know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if he married a white woman. Right. You know, like that white woman's family isn't sitting there like, oh, no. Like, but us, like, we're like, oh, we've made it. Right. No, no. I think that African-Americans, black people across the globe mm-hmm. are great like members of other nationalities and other races are great. Mm-hmm. We are all great. And I think that we should spend more time concentrating on the love story. Absolutely. Then the race is involved. And that's not to say that I don't understand that mothers can show their young daughters to mm-hmm. say, look, you're not excluded. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is value in that. I think that there's value in that. Like you're not excluded. You can look just like, you know, we like to look at the television and see people that look like us. And I'm not just talking about black people. I'm talking about all minorities, you know, like all of us that aren't on the screen just as a token because you have your token Asians, you have your token Indians, you have your token blacks, you have your token everything because 
you know, a majority of our world seems to be predominantly white, mm-hmm. you know? So there's value in being able to look at television screen and seeing an actor, an actress or an entertainer or an athlete or, you know, an attorney or a doctor's or, or a humanitarian or mm-hmm. a fundamental, like whoever that looks like you, because you can use it as a reference point. So I think that that's fantastic. So that's not lost on me. I just don't like operating or thinking from a place of inferiority. Mm-hmm. And that's my point. And I agree with you. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, she can identify herself as whatever she wants. If she, if she's half black, half white, she's multicultural, multiracial. I'm, I'm fine with that. Whatever you, whatever you, you, you think, but I don't care about that. I just care about the love story. And I love the fact that they showed that on TV because a lot of times I'm tired of, of seeing people bickering and beefing and we need to show more love and, congratulations to them. I hope they have a bunch of kids and I hope they really enjoy their life. You know, also, you know, people don't know why she calls herself biracial aside from the obvious point that she is biracial. She may have grown up with her Caucasian family and doesn't really relate as much to the black culture. Right. Do you know what I mean? And maybe she doesn't subscribe to the whole, you know, one bad apple spoils the barrel mentality. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I am just as much strong black as I am strong white. There you have it. That's what I am. Absolutely. I check both boxes. So I'm with her on that. Anyway. All right. Well, it's time to get up out of here. That yes. was Pillow Talk. And we will see you guys this week for the Casey Crew Podcast. We'll explain to you where the hell we've been and what we've been doing. So we'll see you guys later on this week. Oh, and I also want to add from now on, what we're going to do mm-hmm. is if a podcast is going to be up late or if we aren't going to record one for the week, mm-hmm. we are going to make you aware on the podcast Instagram, which is... Hold on, I'm pulling it up. You put me on the spot. Wait, um, you don't know it like off No, the I don't bat? know it off the bat. Hold on. You created on. it. I know, but I don't remember it. I don't know if it was it has a dot on it or not. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Okay, it's the... No, it's the Casey Crew Podcast. That's it. You, you, <laughs> the Casey Crew Podcast. That is it. Okay, so from now, follow that Instagram, and we will keep you posted with when they're um, when they're going to drop. And I mean, of course, we like to drop them on time Monday morning and Wednesday morning, but sometimes life gets in the way, and That's we're right. unable to. So we'll keep you posted mm-hmm. so that you're not sitting there checking to see if it's up or not. Anyway. I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And that was Pillow Talk with the Casey Crew. Toodles. Toodles.